Informative. Educational. Objective. Inclusive. Comprehensive. This is Progress Report. Updates and conversations from the Government Information Service. Welcome to another episode of Progress Report. Updates and conversations from the Government Information Service. My name is Ivan Connor, my lovely co-host, Ms. Glenniva Hodge. And we have a bit of royalty in the building today for my sister and myself, the Honorable <laughs> Parliamentary Secretary, Mrs. Quincia Gomes-Marie. I say royalty because she wears so much hats. Uh, from time to time, <laughs> she's laughing. But she, uh, if you know anything about the Minister of Tourism and the Minister for Tourism, he's very demanding. And then you also function in the Ministry of Economic Development as well. So you wear a lot of hats, so I'm not lying. Yeah, I do wear a lot of hats. All yes. right. So IT, uh-huh. natural resources, uh-huh. economic development, uh-huh. tourism. All things, all things. All things. All things that we are going to get into here today. And this episode of Progress yes. Report. So welcome, thank you, Mrs. Gums Marie. I, I'm gonna try and remember. You know, it's it's one thing when mm. you are colleagues and friends outside of. Um, I think I let it slip when we had the Honorable mm-hmm. Minister Kyle Hodge, and yeah. you know, I'm I'm gonna remember that we are in a professional setting, and so you're, you know, Mrs. Gums Marie today. Okay. Right. That can work, right? So, I think it works. Okay, good. So, we are so happy to have you here today, and we're going to just jump right in. Yes. We are going to cover a wide range of topics. We're going to look at the um, the Bang Report. Yes. We're going to cover tourism. Yes. We're going to get a little bit into GST just and um, just a bit on how that ties into tourism seeing that you're coming out of the Ministry of Economic Development and maybe, just maybe, a little preview in what's to come in some of our upcoming episodes. So, yes. let's try and keep this on time, Ivan. So, so allow me, <laughs> allow me, allow me to just use this cliche. Let's start with a bang. Yeah, we <laughs> well, there we go. So, Mrs. Gums Marie Palsek, tell us a little bit about what inspired the... Blue Angular Task Force, which is commonly referred to as Bang, Bang is that is that it? Yes. Okay. So Bang is just short for Blue Angular, okay. so not for Task Force. But I'm happy to report that we have now graduated from Task Force status to Committee status. Oh wow! And now we are recognized regionally. So it's the Blue Angular Committee, Blue Angular and Committee. we are part of all of the regional committees that each of the islands um, have set up for the um, purpose of venturing into the blue economy. So we have grown. Um, (laughs) And since we've been in the public eye, um, the bank position paper has grown into an implementation plan that that has actually been passed by the Executive Council and approved. And we are working with partners in some instances, looking for partners. And it really is the perfect document to capture where Angola sees itself. If I can go right back to what, where the bank came from. Um, When we were elected, we had very 
strong uh, ideals on what sustainability would look like. Right. And we, all, we wanted to ensure that if we grow our tourism product, if we grow our manufacturing industry, mm-hmm. that the environment is highly considered. And that is why I have the bridge of uh, tourism, ah, economic yeah, development, and natural resources. Okay. But that's also why we moved natural resources from infrastructure, it was previously attached to infrastructure, uh-huh. to economic development. So as well we move forward with economic development, the natural resources and the sustainability that and the biodiversity that exists in Angola can be worked with and considered in tandem and, and also protected. Okay. And then okay. also we moved tourism with infrastructure because we felt that the best way to grow our tourism product is not just primarily through marketing, but also through developing our infrastructure. So we had those... um, So there was a plan. There was a plan. And that is why we would have done it like that. So I am kind of the bridge between that plan, and that's why I span between two ministries. I'm going to probably call you the bridge. I mean... That's just just right on the dollar in, dollar in. The bridge. All right, all right. Right, so that's where we're at. Mm -hmm. So the bank was really formed from that perspective initially. Going forward, we want to have sustainable at the heart of our development. Okay. And the blue economy is something that has been with Angola from when it was primarily a subsistence economy because we've had fisher, fishing villages from the inception of Angola. We know those predominant um, fishing villages. And then we moved on to tourism, which is highly dependent on coastal tourism. Right. And that is also part of the blue economy. So this is not new to Anguilla, but it's formally recognizing what it is. And I always say that language is the first step of activism. Mm. So when we can say it as it is and call it as it is, we can then align our development with what it really and truly is. Mm-hmm. So when we are looking to, to develop our fisheries, that's in the bank. Right. When we're looking to develop our protection of coastal areas and our tourism product, that's, that's in the bank. Mm-hmm. And also when we're looking to um, protect our mar- marine resources, and venture into training Mm -hmm. and also exposing our younger persons to how they can actually form proper jobs and careers out of the blue economy. That's also there. So some of the the partners we have, we have Fire and Rescue because we want to expand our fisheries. So if we're going to expand our fisheries, we also want to expand or enhance our ability to protect and respond to any... Problems at sea, so they are very much a part of it. Um, We have the ACC, who's working with us to develop how we can incorporate the education part of it into the bank and how we can make those connections with scholarships and partnerships and such. We have the in-the-trade aspects, so when we do look for future markets and also expand our existing local market, that is, when it comes to fishing, that is also worked into it. And then we also have the infrastructural side, how we develop the infrastructure to, to support the expansion of the blue economy. So it is a very comprehensive team. And also there's a biodiversity side because sustainable development is nothing without protecting the environment. And the blue economy yeah. is focused on the environment. Mm-hmm. So that is also part of the bank. So it's a very comprehensive, <laughs> wide-reaching document. And that is really what the purpose of it is, that we develop in a in a... In a very focused way, uh-huh. with a plan that involves not only the government sides, but also the other stakeholders. And they are listed there so that we know who we should be going to where and how we do consultations and how we do um, protection of certain areas. So okay. it's a very comprehensive, long list, but it, it, it makes sense. It, it, it's actually fitting now because I'm just 
jogging my memory and going over the last couple of episodes, the Minister for Tourism was here. He talked about where we come from, where we're going. Um, the Minister for Economic Development was here. He spoke about possible relationships and trade with Negus. Ms. Chantel, um, the acting deputy director, was here, and she spoke about what the product looks like. And now you're here, and I'm, I'm actually hearing from what you're saying that all these things are interconnected and interrelated. Absolutely. And, and if we're going to expand on the other side of it, they are all mutually vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So your job or the focus of Bang is to make sure that we protect this, what we have, and we grow sustainably, basically is what you're saying. It is 100% the focus. And what it does also is to put Anguilla's position in paper, Mm -hmm. And it, it gives us something to fall back on so we can say, this is our policy, this is our philosophy. Because okay. um, right now, we actually, because of the bang, would have formed, um, recently joined um, the Commonwealth Charter, Blue Charter Committees. Okay. And they are now working with us for our national gov ocean governance plans. Okay. And so they would have used the bang to understand Angola's position, where we would like to go. And I think it's important. So I, I, don't, I don't want to cut you off, but you tell. Well, this didn't exist before? No. So all this talk about 200 miles of water and everything, and so we didn't have a plan? I think what we had is sporadic plans. So we had, you know, maybe like there was a fishing plan oh. or there was like a protection plan, but we never had everything that brought everything together, something that brought everything together and also something that also showed where we would like to be in the future. Because okay. we, also have th we also have waste management in the bank as well. And so that allows us That's to understand how we develop and also manage waste. Because if you know that there was the Sandigram Marina that was um, previously mm -hmm. um, high in play, I don't understand how we were moving ahead with that so strongly, and we had no marina waste management plans in place. Sorry. So these are things sorry, that. No, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. So... No, that, I, no, help me to understand, and I think just for the sake of our guests, those watching and those listening, you're saying we had a lot of talk about a marina in Sandy Ground, but there was no marina waste management plan in place. Well, I think what, what the expectation was that the developer would do so. And you can, you can do a framework mm -hmm. and ask the developer to meet this framework as a minimum standard. That is normal. But if it is that the government is putting out an RFP, which the, the previous administration would have done for mm -hmm. marinas at the time, mm -hmm. you would expect that there's at least a concrete plan on how we're going to manage the waste, how right. we're going to manage all of these things. So we would have had conversations about it, but nothing really in one place. So what we would do now is to bring it all in one place. So when we speak about development, we also know that these are the other pillars that we need to look at. Oh. So I'm not really saying that there was absolutely nothing, but there was nothing in relation to forward planning that I'm aware of okay. that we were really relying on. It was kind of, um, we know that it's something that would have to come. But my, my position has always been is if we want to get there, we need to know all of the pillars right. and supporting actors and supporting infrastructure that we would mm -hmm. need to actually sustain it. Right. I mean, in, in, if I can borrow just from conversation with my colleague here, um, Gleneva, even, even with dealing with this show, she's, she, she wants to know, okay, where we're going, who's coming next, because this is where the conversation is. Right. And, and it, for me, it's, a, it's, about, it's about that. I know a lot of people... Um, May, may say, okay, this is not happening, government is not doing this, but things take time. Absolutely. And 
I ha- I've, I've gotten, I've gained a new appreciation for that because coming from the private sector, you have this flexibility. Right. But in government, like so many things are impacted by one decision and one thought. So I understand it to a certain extent. And, and saying that to see, we have this, we recognize, we're now at the committee stage, we're looking at our growth in our tourism product. We're looking at food security. We're looking at all these things. How close are we to seeing something specific in this bank come forward? Actually, I was, that was where I was going to go with this in terms mm-hmm. of asking specific recommendations because I know that the position paper spoke about some recommendations. Can you speak a little bit mm-hmm. about some of those recommendations where we are with implementing those recommendations just to give some insight that this is more than just on paper. How is this being implemented right. and actioned, not just spoken about? <laughs> so that's a really good question. Um, so one of the starting points for the bang was when I would have attended COP26 with my OT colleagues, overseas territorial colleagues. Um, and while we were in in Glasgow, we were able to, well, I was able to speak to different partners about the bank. Okay. And that is where the Commonwealth um, relationship was built. Okay. Uh, they were previously working with the bank. It was really interesting because I, I, I met Rosemary, who at the time um, was with the Commonwealth. And um, I said, you know, I think it's, um, I'm from Angola and, you know, we have a lot of aspirations. She's like, oh, um, you know, I've, I'm working with Angola. I'm not too sure if you're familiar with the bank, but I'm working with it. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, of course I'm familiar with the bank. <laughs> and so we had, we had a nice meeting and then uh, we just like sat down and, and really spoke about where we would like to go and what we would like to do. Uh, and then when the premier would have um, come to the UK a week following, we were able then to meet with him and um, Dorothy, our UK rep. Okay. Um, I was sick at the time, so I joined by Zoom. Okay. And at the Commonwealth headquarters in the UK, be able to charter Angola's way forward nice. with the relationship with the Commonwealth. So these are action, action things. And what that does now is give us a platform, gives us, um, also gives us support throughout the region so that we are not creating things on our own. We right. can now reach out to different persons and expertise to, to develop the things that we need. So we have... Le- um, exposure to legal advisors, mm-hmm. help us with our drafting, um, because a lot of the work that we have to do is update our legislation. It is really dated, and it is not mm. for the future that we have in mind. So unfortunately, things don't, like you said, don't happen overnight, so we have mm. to do the groundwork. So a lot of the first year of Bang was really doing the groundwork, doing the necessary audits, and seeing where we're going to go from there. Um, so I have a really exciting project that will happen this year, um, I'm always afraid the minister taught um, minister of tourism taught me it's like until it's on paper don't say anything about it <laughs> he, gave, he, gave, he gave us absolutely nothing Ivan I'm hoping I'm really hoping that we can crack the parts like, and something because but I will say we have a project that's pending uh-huh. as it relates to sustainable transportation so that's using that's incorporating um um, solar in, in in one of our transportation um, main transportations on an island and we are going to work with the international body as well as the FCDO to see how that would look. And you um, really didn't give us much. <laughs> Come on, be the bridge. Be the bridge. But I, I, I will, I will say this. It started once you know it's starting to come together. She is the bridge, um, and things doesn't seem to just be happening ad hoc, which is a, a major complaint of mine. 
when you look at bang, it takes mm-hmm. all of these different pillars right. um, and place in together. And mm-hmm. if you're speaking to the bridge, mm-hmm. one can only assume where we're going. Um, I, I would have noticed some forward thinking plans with the road. And I'm just, we're speaking transportation and how we are pulling this all together. So, you know, I'm, 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 looking, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Parsec over here and she's smiling and nodding. And we can probably leave it at that until she's ready to come back. Anything else. <laughs> until she's ready to come back and tell us a little bit more. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's, it, um, I think it's really exciting. I am very excited about uh-huh. it. It really started off with a conversation. I went to the wrong booth. I was looking for someone else. That is, and that is, that's divine intervention. It's not the wrong booth. <laughs> And I just want to know if I can bring my Tesla on island. That's all I want to. Yes, you can. Okay. Great. Yeah. And then you can apply to the Ministry of um, of Finance for your duty-free because it's a green vehicle. Oh, so you get duty-free. Hold on. Time out. You get duty-free and green vehicle. Yes, you do. Folks, you get duty-free and green vehicle. <laughs> so you can get a leaf and you don't got to pay the duties on that. But wait, why is... That's probably my job. But why is this <laughs> one? <laughs> We've brought a couple to the House of Assembly. We've said this repeatedly at the House of Assembly. I know, I've heard it before, but I didn't Um, really like it. You are there at the Monday Monday press conferences, and we mentioned that there as well. So I have to wonder. Again, you're bringing your, your, everybody that's complaining about the price of duties and vehicles, you bring in a green vehicle, an electric vehicle. What about the hybrids? We'll touch that later. But you bring in a green vehicle, an electric vehicle, (laughs) and it's duty free. Yes. Yes. That's, 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 so that's, that's, that sounds like something for the record, though. This is where we go with this sometimes. Because, you know, when we were looking at the clock, uh-huh, and yeah, the clock. we uh-huh. are always over time, <laughs> as much as we endeavor to be. However, these conversations are always so riveting, always so informative. Uh-huh. And if we can switch gears just a little sure. bit and you know, like you said, we're speaking to the bridge. So mm-hmm. we're going to cross from one end to the next right. and yes, we're going to yes, go yes. over to tourism a little bit. Mm-hmm. What is the... Let's start with the big picture. What is the ministry's outlook? You know, we had... Previously, we had um, Mrs. Chantel Richardson mm-hmm. from the ATB and she came in and she spoke, you know, a little bit of what is the ATB's forecast going forward for the rest of this year into 2023. Um, can you give us a little insight as to what we can expect from the ministry's position on tourism? So the Ministry of Tourism works very closely with the ATB. I know that like on paper, they're supposed to be almost like an arm's length relationship, but the, AT, the tourism is our bread and butter. Right. We know that. Mm-hmm. So there's, it, it's very difficult to just be like, okay, they're going to do what they're going to do over here, and we're going to do what we do over here. We usually try to meet. We have um, at least once a month meetings, even okay. if it's an informal one, where we discuss what's next. And for me, um, we have... Tourism right now is at a place... I don't think that people understand the level of work that went into tourism um, from from 2020 to 2022, over these two years. What has happened? Um, So we would have launched the Lose Lose the Crowd, Find Yourself campaign Mm -hmm. very Mm -hmm. successfully and really speak about the heart of Angola's product, not only in COVID, but all of the time. You have the luxury of space and time... And, and safety and uh-huh. community, these are all the things that we are known for. Uh-huh. So to package it in the Lose the Crowd, Find Yourself um, um, campaign, 
a, a campaign that um, the, the theme Lose Yourself Front Find the Crowd Lose the Crowd Find Yourself, yourself uh, was um, done by Ken Roy Hubbard okay. uh, some of the things that you should have on the show as well oh his, his time is done <laughs> <laughs> she's done she's <laughs> Yeah, he was the one who came up with that, and it was an amazing, amazing, amazing um, um, campaign. And we would have also started the Digital Nomad uh-huh. um, program. A lot of money coming from that. Lots of money coming from that. We would have reached a million dollar mark at some point. Um, yes. I have questions. <laughs> I have questions. Mark at some point um, earlier in the year. With about four to five hundred persons using it thus far, and we intend to continue as we come out of COVID. Right. Um, we are just, you know, finding the right place for it because it was a tourism fallow, but it's not really one. Mm-hmm. So we have mm-hmm. to just get it the right home. So right now it's a nomad itself, but it's going to be the right home. Um, we have had the introduction of American Airlines, uh-huh. and that's something that we would have heavily facilitated because it 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 was a mountain to really get Angola prepared for that. And they are excellent partners. Uh-huh. And we would have seen them grow from two days weekly to daily flights. Yes. And um, between you and I, because no one else is listening, uh-huh. I am begging them to do a twice daily later down in the year. So maybe that Monday, awesome. Monday, Wednesday, Saturday or something, we can do a twice daily. If, you know, that awesome would, if that would work out. Are... Because, you know, you see the full flights going yeah. in. And then when we are in the, in the heart of our tourism mm-hmm. season, we want to be able to have as much connections as possible. Maybe even an overnight flight or something. But it would really be something that I would love to see them do. That would be great. So, um, I think, I think if, I, if, I, if, if I look at some of the comments on some of the tourist forums, one of the things that persons complain about is the connection in Miami. Right. If they're coming from the heartland, if they're coming yeah, from yeah. other parts of the they US, that connection is a bit tight. So mm-hmm. so if we can get a second flight in, something that's coming in a bit later right. would allow for that. I like yeah. the sound of that. Um, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a creative. So when you started talking that, I started seeing things and thinking a little right. deeper. So you could imagine, like, you got two of those flights in November and December. You know what that does for the tourism product? Right. Mm-hmm. You know that a lot of times during then, things run late. The connections, the snowstorms, this, the that. Mm-hmm. But as long as people don't have that hassle with traveling and they know they're going to get here and they're not going to get to St. Martin at 8 and have to overnight there and miss their yeah. boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. RD, RD with overcrowd. I saw over the weekend oh some pictures goodness. in St. Martin and St. Martin's Airport and persons were like, you can't this is what... And this is... And and this is and this is why persons are so appreciative of, of this direct, direct flight yeah. and the importance of this. You direct save flight. half a day because you know you, do. you don't have to get ready so early to go over to Saint Martin, and you don't have to mm-hmm. take over the extra time from Saint Martin to Anguilla. You just come straight, and someone said it best: you just land, and you can go straight to the beach. Just yes. and that's just how it is. Yeah. And one of the things I don't want to get, I don't want to lose the track. The bubble was something that we would have also done as well. It feels uh, like a, it feels like many yeah. years ago. Yeah. But yeah. the bubble is something that we would have also done as well and done successfully. And that is something that I am very proud of because it prioritized the things that meant the most to me. Um, safety at the time was very yes. high. Mm-hmm. Getting our workers back Going out to work. To work. Yes. Mm-hmm. And not just getting them back out to work and say, okay, well, the hotels are open, so you should find work. But actually getting the kind of occupancy mm-hmm. that would yield to good... Um, um, 
predictor of a charge returns, um, high occupancy, you know, restaurants turning over, the standalone restaurants. And so that really gave us a chance to to work with the industry in a meaningful way because one of the things that we initially thought is that maybe we can just start it out by turning our hotels into basically all-inclusives and kind of restrict them from going out because this will make it the safest way. This is the real, this is the true bubble. (laughs) And we... It reaffirmed that an Angolian traveler is not, not going to be restricted to a hotel. They want to know the people. Mm-hmm. They want to know Lowell from Sharkies. They want to see Dale from Tasty. Yeah. They want to see Gwen. They want to see these people, even if they can't, you know, hug them because they just want to be. They want to be able there, there. and that is what gotta, makes. Yeah. They want to go to Jack. I mean, Jack is no longer Jack, but they want to yeah. see the yes. people, the faces that they know. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so there was no way that we could restrict them. So what we were able to do is come, and also not only that, they want to. Go on a sunset cruise with Calypso. They want to do what they want uh, to do. Fun time. They want to lose the cruise. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, want to go to to see Simone at uh, Sand Sand Island. Island. Yeah, they yes. want to go to Prickly Pears. I mean, that's really what our travelers do because oh. apart, you know, our travelers immerse themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't just come to Angola. They become Angolians. And when you find them, they're like, oh, you know, they're telling you what you you should should be doing. (laughs) And I'm like, well... (laughs) Yeah, it it, it, it is true. Like, you know, if if you've been around the industry, you are adjacent to the industry. There are persons who come back year after year who have become family. And that is the Anguillian experience. It is the thing that I think we do so well that keep our numbers, that keep our revenue in the way that it has been going. And so not over there. How do we how do we bridge <laughs> this yes, the traditional Anguillian traveler and expand that into new markets, new persons oh. and so consistently grow our, our tourism products? How do we how do we how do we transition and not even transition but how do we incorporate both sets, those who are Long-time visitors, you see those who have been coming, they've come as children with their parents who came. Come here, get married. Married, and now, and now they're bringing to generations of yeah. travelers. Mm-hmm. How, do we, how do we continue to grow that? So, there are active ways you can do it, and sometimes things fall in your lap. Mm. With Angola being a safe destination it was during COVID, we have exposed ourselves to many new travelers, first-time travelers, who were literally online saying, I want to find a safe destination, and ended up in Angola and said, I'm coming back year after year after year after year. I want you to put a pin right here. And I have to, <laughs> for the record. Because I, I'm hearing that, you know, the government restricted non-vaccinated people from moving and traveling and stuff. But I have always known, and I was told, and the premier said it, is that we want to protect our people and Mm -hmm. we want to open our economy safely. And I think what you're saying there leads to that. Because everybody that came right during the bubble phase and after COVID, it was like, I'm I'm going to Angola because it's someplace safe. I'm going to Angola because it's someplace safe. That's what we keep hearing. Yeah. And it's not only that. I mean, when you go to the hotels themselves and someone just say, oh, that's the Paltec. I mean, people, people would just say, oh, she's a lady responsible for you getting there. She's also a lady responsible for the, the trouble that you took. But <laughs> was it worth it? And, you know, we, and then we bond over that. And everyone is saying the hassle. Because it was, I mean, it's it not the same as just jumping yeah. on a mm-hmm. flight and coming mm-hmm. to Anguilla and yeah. doing your own business and not having to worry about it. It was a hassle. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the, the instructions I would have given to the ATB is that, we cannot go out there, but I want Angola top of mind. 
And we ended up in, I think, 10 new publications. We right. were featured on lists that we were never featured on or considered right. on before. I mean, Anguilla was everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. everywhere you look, there was ang- someone talking about Anguilla. We were on the Lonely Planet Top 10. Yeah. Um, we were just everywhere. Forbes again, yeah. everywhere. And, and that hasn't fallen off, if I might add. No, we have not. not. But and that's actually what was happening in, in, in New York at our, our Black Tech Gala event okay. for our Trailblazers, is that we were thanking the travel writers and the travel agents yeah. for uh-huh. keeping Angola top of mind, for the work that they do for Angola, because I think the pandemic, you have to be able... My, my, my professional mantra has always been the obstacle is the way. And you have to see, you have to see what obstacles present and I think for travel writers, that obstacle presented the importance of travel writers Ooh. because you weren't able to go out and, and move as freely, so you couldn't take as many pictures. Right. Um, you couldn't have any, a, a media team flying to Angola and do any videos because they can't right. come, mm-hmm. or maybe somebody isn't vaccinated, or right. you know all of these other things that. Are, but you have travel writers who can take an immersive experience through words that you don't have to leave your home, and they are the ones who really held Angola up and bolstered uh, our. You. <laughs> yeah, both said, you know, what we are, who we are, yes. and reminded the world that as soon as we were open, this is where we want to go. Right. And yes. it worked. And so I have nothing but um, praise and thanks to to Stacy and Kenroy for seeing the vision and working beyond my expectations nice. to ensure that Anguilla was constantly on the top of mind and people could just Google safe places as well and find Anguilla. So that was really, really important. And um, we were able to to um, recognize Jackie Gifford of Travel and Leisure, uh-huh. um, Bill um, Pasha and Amelia Vantapool-Kubish for the work that they would have done, not only through the, throughout the pandemic, but um, Amelia would have shared with me that she began her work in tourism in 1992, I was she, born she was, in 1993, so <laughs> 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 longer in my life. Yeah. Her, you know, she <laughs> dedicated her life to Angola and Angola's tourism, and it was truly an honor to spend time with her and just see what her visions, you know, her mm-hmm. vision is and, and what it was and what it would be for the future. Because mm. it's really beautiful to actually speak to her about what she envisions for the future and what she sees for Angola's tomorrow and where she would like to see Angola's tourism go. So it's from someone who would have been here from the inception and really work. It's, it's, I mean, it was really... I know that I just saw like, put like 17 different topics together, but that is really what tourism is. It's the art of bringing people together uh-huh. and sharing experiences. So that was a, 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 an amazing opportunity as well. If, if I could add, because I know we um just running out of time uh, would have probably run over time already. <laughs> um, we, a, a, con, a, a conversation that keeps coming up 365 days a year, tourism for Anguilla. We know that over the years, the hurricanes and other influences would have caused us to be taking that break. But when the acting deputy director was here, mm-hmm. she talked about the fact that the Europeans and the Italians travel during the summer. They, those are the ones that spend the three weeks in those mm-hmm. extended stays. And then she talked mm-hmm. about wedding market and these type of things. Would government be interested in looking at any incentive to keep properties open during the summer um, times? Uh, what support from the ATV can be lent to these different entities to kind of put a little bit more focus on that because 
Angolans like to close on that time, some of us, because then we take our trips, they go off mm-hmm. to the States, some run from the hurricanes, some just stay here just in case it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it's so ingrained in us now, but the pent-up demand for Anguilla keeps getting more. Do we, do we say, you know what, boy, this is our bread and butter, we need to find a way to stay open? Or do we do something with our product then and do more festival tourism during the summer and that type of thing? What, what's, what's the thinking there, if I may ask? But let me take you on a journey. Oh, wow. <laughs> tourism, tourism is a journey. It's a journey through cultures and people. <laughs> Once there was a team who decided that we're not going to let Angola's name fall to the wayside mm-hmm. in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we did that. Uh-huh. All right. And from that, <laughs> from that, um, we would have also been working with American Airlines as well. Uh-huh. To get to Anguilla, we would have done joint marketing with them as well. Mm-hmm. And as you can see, the industry is right now in a shock, a good one, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where the periods that we know to be our slowdown periods actually... They're not sure the season no more. Continue. It's full of people, full of tourists. But still, this team did not slow down. Okay. We continue hitting the road. Uh-huh. Um, this team's director of tourism is always on the go. Uh-huh. This team's chairman of tourism is always on the go. Oh, wow. And together, uh-huh. this team continues to promote Anguilla. She, she's, 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 she's sharing some words. She doesn't <laughs> want to give us anything. So you're saying it's, it's a possibility. So now, <laughs> would have been told by Aurora Angola that they're not closing nice. this year. Nice. This team would have also been told by two other um, major properties that they are cutting their eight-week hiatus to four weeks. Oh, nice. So I think this team is doing exactly what they should nice. be doing. <laughs> nice. So you see, I did, not, I, did not, I did not know about that, but something told me... And I, I tend to listen to the function. <laughs> Something you put, totally, put it out there. yeah, like, like, but, but that's the way we, that's the way we need to be growing. Right, right. So, so our, our operators, our transport um, persons, um, you ain't getting eight weeks. <laughs> you ain't taking that two months. So that trip that you're planning to the states, change it from now because we plan to stay open. Yeah. Yeah. The properties would have told us, you know, they need this shoulder season. Um, so they want to take September, which is what we know to be our hurricane peak, season, uh, to do maintenance, yes. to, you know, fix up anything that they have. That, cause, and they I mean, in October. Mm-hmm. And then they open early in October. I love so, the song. Uh, that song's awesome to me for more than one reason. And <laughs> at least of which is that our dollars can start dollaring again. There we go. We <laughs> I, told you, I told you I was going to get it into it. I know, I know that we, we speak about dollars and uh-huh. dollaring. Again, we're going to go back on this bridge. Uh-huh. And we're going, to, we're going to tie in just some loose ends before we wrap up. Okay. Tourism and GST. Mm-hmm. We, we can't escape. GST is everywhere. It is the talk. It yes. is the worry. It is the fear. Yes. And I, I think we, to be fair to persons, and I, I try to put myself in the position of someone who doesn't know, mm-hmm. who doesn't know what to expect. And if you're in that position, I find the more information you have, the better you may feel about something. Sure. And so we speak about it. We talk about yes. it. We educate persons. GST, and we're going to look at it in a way that we haven't before mm-hmm. so far on the show, 
GST and tourism and what that means. You're not going to be having um, replacing, sorry, we're going to be replacing accommodation tax mm -hmm. with GST. So guests are going to be seeing the GST on their accommodation bills. Right. They're going to be seeing it on their restaurant bills. Mm -hmm. How to, to me, this doesn't affect the average Anguillian, but I know the average Anguillian may be concerned, well, how does this affect my service charge? Mm -hmm. Can you speak to us a bit about how... GST will be integrated into our tourism product, what we can expect, what the average Anguillian can expect of GST and tourism. Okay, so before I go to that specific question, I just want to say broadly, as I would think, I mean, I listened to your um, episode of Lani, and he would have explained the idea of what a broad-based tax is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I like to go a little farther when I speak about broad-based tax because I do want to say that it is not, it was not the opinion of our, of our premier, and I share that opinion, that government should be profiting on the everyday purchases of Anguillians. And what those everyday purchases would be? It would be things like purchasing your bread, mm -hmm. purchasing, you know, foods and fruits and such, and the things that you take to make a meal. Yeah. So what GST would have done, really, is take away the burden from all the people who are... From, it's basically saying that government is not going to make a dollar on you providing a basic meal. Right. Okay. And then we're going to spread the, the burden because, you know, yes. tax, you know mm -hmm. how it is, on different sectors that has not been taxed previously. Everybody everybody is saying, yes, we need a broad-based tax. Mm -hmm. And GST is a broad-based tax. Mm -hmm. Based on what you just told me, it's this person here was taking a lot of the strain. This person here, we say everybody in the middle and they carry the load. Right. Okay. Because previously, all of us, when we would go and buy our spaghetti dinner, our snapper dinner, our chicken dinner, whatever it is, when we go to the store and we buy these ingredients, we were paying government. Nobody was buying steak? <laughs> we were paying government. Uh -huh. And so what we would have done now is remove the, the tax burden on those essential items to create food, to your sanitary napkins, right. your infant essential farm. Essential essential, not steak, essential. <laughs> your <laughs> sanitary napkins, your baby formula, right. things like that. So mm -hmm. these are now removed from, the, okay. the, the IGT is removed from that, and now we have then moved on to pricing this now on the different services. Because while someone will say, well, you know what? I'm not going to pay 15%, um, 13% on my lawyer fees. Do you need a lawyer every day or do you need no, food every day? So now we now would have broadened it and then removed some of the burden from a concentrated area. So now that brings us now to where it is and as it relates to tourism. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to tourism, any accommodation provider should be registered. So Automatic. there's no threshold when it comes to tourism. Any okay. accommodation provider will be registered. Airbnbs as well? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, I, I don't want. I, I think that's Atalani and they to explain, but I think it's anything over 183 days or 82 yeah, days. Yeah, remember those numbers. Right. So, and once you're over that, you are required to. Okay. Um, so right now in Angola, we would have had the highest accommodation tax in the history of, of Angola consecutively, um, and then our total accumulative accommodation tax in the history of Angola um, for this first quarter has surpassed. Um, previous wow. years and the years that we tried to compare it to is 2019 as before the um, pandemic mm -hmm. and then so we try to go to those good years that we know mm -hmm. and it has surpassed those years mm -hmm. okay. and so think about all of the foods that they would have purchased the drinks 
um, mm. the spa services and such that would have then gone untaxed that we could have collect from those um, experiences as well. Mm. So now instead of taxing you for wanting an yes. orange, we're now spreading the burden yes. where everyone can now contribute to the tax base in Angola. So if you're at a restaurant and you, you know, you get your bill, you would get your 15% service charge and also your 13% GST. Mm-hmm. So GST is not charged on service charge. This is something that we would have done in the legislation mm. to ensure that you technically aren't double tax. Although service charge doesn't go to the government, we know that it's considered by the consumer mm-hmm. as a tax. So it's charged only on your total bill, and your 15% for your service charge, charge is, is from your total bill, and your GST is from your total bill, but it's not total bill plus service charge multiplied by GST. Gotcha. So it's separate. So, so, so you're saying, because... Um, uh, the the controller did say when you're paying for 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 products come July first uh, when GC is is um, implemented implemented that the price that you're seeing is going to be there. What people fail to realize is that the price that they have now already includes the IGT, right. which is nine percent. Mm-hmm. The GST is thirteen percent. So there should not be a thirteen percent increase. No, you're seeing a four percent. No. So I. I it's actually to, a nine to ten. Nine to ten. Yeah. Right. What I what I wanted to get so, just basic because mm-hmm. my math isn't the best. <laughs> but if an item now costs fifty dollars, mm-hmm. that item now includes that nine percent. Right. So that nine percent should be taken out. Is that what you're saying? Yes. It should be taken out. So the fifty dollar item should be nine percent less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then on the back end, yes, you would see the 13%. Is, yes. is that what you're saying? So you yes. should see a decrease in base prices. Mm-hmm. Should mm-hmm. see a decrease in base mm-hmm. prices. Mm-hmm. And this is where we're going to come in next. So, yes. <laughs> we are we're using this as a bridge. To train ah. for the day is a bridge. A bridge. <laughs> and we started at point A, <laughs> and we're going to get to point B with the part sec. So... Your base price should decrease, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and you may yes, you may see an overall increase because you're moving from that nine to thirteen. Right. But it should not be a jump of thirteen percent because no. that nine percent should have been yeah. removed. So where you're going to see the jumps of nine of thirteen percent is primarily in those services that ordinarily did not rely on many imports. Okay, okay. Um, so. And it would still not be, if, if, it, if it's done um, proper, a 13% increase. Because if you are charging GSC, it means then that you can reclaim GSC. Mm-hmm. So now in that um, 15% that you are paying on your communication bill comes 13%. And mm-hmm. now you can okay, now claim it back. Claim it back yeah, and so, your, so if you're, if you're being fair business practice, mm-hmm. and probably mm-hmm. need a better business bureau here, but that's another thing. And that is the bridge that we're going to jump on. And that exactly is the bridge that we're going to jump on. I am just a load of parsec. Royalty. But but if we if we if we're wrapping it up and we're saying then and 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 the controller alluded to this as well, it's incumbent upon the consumer and those providing the services, the shopkeepers, and everything to be fair, to be fair and to be honest. It might take a little bit of accounting, but and accountability. And accountability, too, because if you're no longer paying 15% on your communications tax and you're paying 13%, there's a little wiggle room there down. 
-hmm. If you're no longer playing 9% and you're not paying 13%, there's a little wiggle room up. But on that 13% that you're paying, you're paying 0% on a few things that are included in what you do. Mm -hmm. So there's a little wiggle room down. And I think that's what I want folks to understand with GST's, with GST's concern and what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing because I hear a lot of negative things about it. Mm -hmm. But the onus is on us as consumers. The onus is on us as business owners and shopkeepers and everything else to be fair to each other and actually just do a bit of accounting. You've had some time. Do a bit of accounting. See where it stands and see where we're going and then see how we can make this work. Because truth be told, GST is law. Mm -hmm. It's law. And, yes. and, and, and that's, that's why it's important to use the word implemented uh -huh. on July 1st because the legislation is already passed. Right. And, and I think that's one thing that we also need to be mindful of, that this legislation is already passed. It's already passed. Yeah. So it's only an implementation that's the of the legislation. I think, I think a big thing is that I personally am fearful of is people playing on the fears. Sometimes your fears exist because you don't know. And then once you know, your knowledge just removes the fears. So you think that, you know, that little con over there is like a scary figure. You turn the lights on and you see it's just like yeah, a... Yeah, you build on the floor. Right. right. So that that, happens that, 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 I think that is really uh -huh. how we learn. Uh -huh. When we turn the lights on and we say, okay, like this is what it is. And I feel like we have done a lot to communicate. We've had um, open sessions with the uh -huh. controller. And I think that there have been many opportunities to turn the lights on, mm -hmm. but also equally many opportunities to keep the lights off. Mm -hmm. And I, I always worry if the, the, the vested interest in keeping the lights off is really to benefit on the fears. Gotcha. Right? right? Because if an informed consumer can say, we don't need actually a better bureau, um, business bureau to say to a consumer that this is not how it should be. Because if you know how it should be, then you yourself can say, okay, this is what it should be. So I'm keeping this in mind. Okay. And then you can communicate. So then you can report to government. You can, sh you know, you can highlight certain things mm -hmm. and then say, this is what, because we are all part of the system. Right. The system, I'm seeing the eyes. I know that we got to go. <laughs> but like, the system requires partnership. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. It cannot, it will never be a situation, no matter how much legislation, no matter how much training we do, yeah. where government can police all of this. Yes. And that's where the community comes in place, where they report and then they communicate and then we, we work it out together. The GST bill that this administration will be introducing is a far cry from what we saw when we came in. Yes. And one of the things that I credit that to, it's not our genius, is because people were vocal about the things that they were fearful about. Right. Mm -hmm. So people con had concerns about the fact that certain things were in the regulation and could mm -hmm. just be easily changed, and they thought that it should be in the primary legislation so it can come to the House and be ventilated. Right. They had concerns about the role of the controller. These things were fixed. They had concerns about what should be exempted and what should not be exempted. They had concerns about the price of food in the supermarkets. Mm -hmm. That was addressed. They had concerns about real estate markets, um, medical services, certain mm -hmm. types of insurances, mm -hmm. these were now in the regulations that we would have exempted or addressed respectively. Okay. And so the more persons communicate, and I would have said this in my um, GST debate, if you tell us your fears, mm -hmm. we will respond 
we will respond by alleviating those fears. Okay. If you say that this is something that I am go- I, I foresee happening, we have a responsibility to investigate it. Right. And many of those of the time, those investigations yielded changes. Right. So this bill really and truly should be what the IRD says GSC is, growing yes. sustainably together. Nice. Because now when we grow together, when we work together, we can now have a bill that fits our aspirations and addresses those fears. And I really think that GSC, what it is right now, is something that addresses many of the fears okay. of many gotcha. of the people. Totally got it. Yeah. Totally I, I think one of the, to be, again, fear to persons and in trying to turn the lights on, um, one of the fears is the consumer protection. And yes, we have mm-hmm. a collective responsibility. Yes. But you want it to helps know something it, solid. There, it helps yeah. if you have that legislation that you can fall yeah. back on. And so, and it's as, as, <laughs> You're right. as we wrap up, I think that. What it may not be, they may not be our next guest. Yes. I think in the following week, yes, we're going to be looking at having persons in and speaking to us about the consumer, consumer protection legislation. Right. And just like we did last time, we're asking persons, if you have questions, feel free to reach out to us, Public leave, leave a message, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna try and incorporate, I don't know how, Ivan, unless you're going to be giving me more time, but we're going to incorporate... A section where we can get questions from the public and we can ask. Because it is important yes. that the public has access and to be able to ask questions, get answers. Like you said, I like I like that term. They turn the light on, on the issues and we shed light and make the scary parts not so scary. All right. On that note... <laughs> Because if I don't talk, this stop this. You see, I'm outnumbered. Oh, I have something else I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have you back to do so. <laughs> yeah, we'll have you back to do so. But this has been great. This has been great, Parsec. You know you're one of my favorite people. And I'm not just saying that. You are one of, of my not. favorite people. I know. Um, it's been great. My co-host, one of my favorite people as well. I, I, I enjoy this. I meet a lot of folks on the road now that say they're enjoying the program. They really appreciate it. They like that they can hear the earshot conversation that has meaning for them. So on that note, we will see you next time on Progress Report, updates and conversations from the Government Information Service.